So our first reading is from Exodus chapter 20, and it can be found on page 78. So Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner reading in your ta- residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The second reading is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. It's um, on the screen and it's also on the service sheet. And uh, it speaks about Jesus going to the synagogue uh, on the Sabbath, just as we're here today on Sunday. Jewish people would go to the synagogue regularly on the Sabbath day. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? to save life or to kill, but they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. So let's begin with a prayer, shall we? Lord God, everything in the Bible is there to teach us something. Please be with us now as we look at this story about Jesus and help us to take home something that will help us to know you better. Amen. So I'd like you to have a think for a moment about something you've seen or heard that makes you say, Wow, isn't that amazing? There are all sorts of wow moments like that in our lives. Maybe a beautiful sunset, or a kitten, a new baby, or maybe, especially for children, waking up in the morning and seeing a big pile of snow outside the window. Or maybe that present you've wanted for so long. Have a quick think now, just for a few seconds while I get something out. 
I can see some smiles, so some of you have thought of wow moments. Right, here's one of mine. And you will know that if you try to do visual aids with plants, they don't always work very well. So here we are. So ever since I was a child, I have liked growing these things. You know what this is? It's a plant. Yes, well done. Okay. So it's a hyacinth. And if you put a hyacinth bulb, which is a slightly purple, shriveled and uninteresting onion-shaped thing, into a glass pot like this and water in the bottom, it grows roots down and a beautiful plant and flower out of the top. It's not quite come out. It should have done by today. Another 24 hours and it would have done. But it never ceases to amaze me that this can come out of a bulb. Another one. This was my favorite childhood toy. Do you know what that is? Yeah? It's a kaleidoscope. And you look through it and you hold it up to the light. And you see all sorts of beautiful colored patterns. One of my favorites, that was. Now, our Bible story today tells of a wonderful miracle performed by Jesus. He heals a man whose arm is deformed. He heals him just like that with a few words. This is a real wow moment. Can you imagine being there and seeing that happen? Wow, in front of you. However, in this story, it doesn't quite work like that. If you have the passage in front of you on the sheet or in the Bible on page 1004, you can follow it with me. Not everyone in the story is saying wow, and we're going to have a look and see if we can work out why. So, let's see if it was a wow moment or not. This wonderful event, recorded by Mark in his Gospel, took place in a synagogue, which was the place where people gathered together to listen to God's law read and explained to them, a bit like a church, as Polly was just saying. We know that Jesus used to go to the synagogue and teach there. This one was probably in a town called Capernaum, and we know it was the Sabbath, or the special day that God had chosen to set aside for rest and a chance to focus on him. A bit like our Sunday when we come to church. So, here we have the man in the story. Sort of. We'll look at him in verse 1. In verse 1 it says, Another time Jesus went in the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. We know that he had one hand that didn't work properly. It was shriveled or bent and no use to him. He couldn't work. Early historical tradition says that he was a plasterer, although the Bible doesn't tell us that. But you couldn't easily do plastering with one hand. It was very shameful for him to be like this. He couldn't earn a living or support a family. But can you see what happens to him? Look at verse 3. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Jesus got him to stand up. If he was ashamed at the beginning, that must have made it feel even worse. He had to be very brave, 
But he did do what Jesus asked him to do, didn't he? In verse 5, we see Jesus tell him to stretch out his hand. He did, and it was completely healed, just like that. Now, do you think this was a wow moment for the man? The Bible doesn't tell us what he did next. But I imagine him looking at his hand and saying, wow. Let's give him a tick to show that he was having a wow moment. There we go. Real wow moment for the man who was healed. I'm going to turn it round, if I can. There we go. And we'll have another look, a look at another wow moment there. So we'll look at some other people who were there at the same time. I'll cover a picture. There we go. Verse 2 talks about some of them who were there. And in verse 6, they're identified as Pharisees, people who were experts in the Jewish law. They were genuine believers, upright and rather pious. They had taken the laws given by God for the people to live by and made it their business to ensure that there was no way anyone could make a mistake by breaking them. They were more interested in this than anything else. On this occasion, they were only thinking about one set of rules which had to do with the Sabbath or rest day which God asked them to observe many years earlier when Moses was leading his people. God said this about the Sabbath. It was in our first reading, that we should keep it holy and not do our usual work. Later, however, the Pharisees had written extra rules just to make sure that no one could make a mistake and break this one by working on the Sabbath. They thought that healing someone or making them better was work. They added a list of 39 kinds of work that were not permitted, then more about other things like how far you could walk on the Sabbath, even about looking in a mirror. So they'd made, they had two rule books. They had God's rules. We'll put that one down there. But they had a much bigger one as well, <coughs> which we'll call man's rules, even larger. In their big rule book, healing someone on that special day, the Sabbath, was a no-no. And that was a pity because God had given that special day once a week to concentrate on him, his love and his blessing. But it had become a day when the Pharisees just spent their time trying to make sure that everyone kept the rules in the big book. And this is what they were doing here. As it says in verse 2, they watched him, that's Jesus, closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus knows what they're thinking, and he asks them a very tricky question before he heals this man. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? I'll say that again. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? And this put the Pharisees in a very tricky position. If they say it's okay to do good, 
then they're saying it's okay to heal the man. But the opposite, to do evil, was definitely not the right answer either. Same with the second question, much too hard to answer. So they say nothing at all. And then what do they do? After the man's healed, they go out and join forces with a group that works with the Romans to see if they can find a way to kill Jesus. That's in verse 6. What an extraordinary way to end this story. They can't see at all how the the good that Jesus has done. Was it a wow moment for them? I'm going to say no. I hope you agree with me. And I'm going to put a big cross there to show that it wasn't a wow moment for the Pharisees. So let's look at one more person in the story. Who else is in the story? Yeah? Who does the healing? Jesus, that's right. There we've got a picture of Jesus. Let's see what happens with him. We know he heals the man, and it should have been a real wow moment for him. Here he is, able to show a little bit of God's amazing kingdom on earth. But look at verse 5. He's angry and deeply distressed because the Pharisees have completely missed the point. They can't see the wonderful thing that Jesus is doing here, showing God's love and kindness to this man. So even for Jesus, this was a very disappointing and sad time. Shall I give him a cross as well? I don't think it was a wow moment for him that day either. Not a wow moment for Jesus. So here we have a wonderful story of Jesus, and not everyone is saying, wow, that's wonderful. Thank you, God. Which is very sad, but also a little bit of a lesson for us. We can see that the Pharisees have missed the point here, and maybe we snigger and say how stupid they are. But they were trying to do the right thing. They were trying very hard. They were doing their very best to make sure that everyone kept the rules and would get to heaven in the end. But their rules mattered to them so much that they couldn't see who Jesus really was. Jesus says their hearts were stubborn, which meant that they were resisting God's plan and not at all the humble, teachable people God wanted them to be and as he wants us to be. So just a little couple of sentences now for grown-ups. I'm going to give you three something to look at. These are baby kaleidoscopes, all right? And you can take one each. Don't let them swallow them or look at the sun or anything like that, okay? If you hold them up, especially to the church windows, there you are like the window there, the one there. Look at anything coloured and turn them round with your fingers. Just that's it, you got the idea. You can watch the colours come. So are you missing out on who Jesus really is? Are there things in your life which are so important or making you so busy that you're missing Jesus? And I know I do it. Maybe you've known who Jesus is for years But over time, other things have got in the way, and you no longer say wow to Jesus. 
Maybe you aren't sure who Jesus is at all. In which case, I invite you to find out so you can say wow too. If you want to see me afterwards, I've got a little book that might help you, or Miles will have some too. So do come and ask me if you'd like one of those to find out a bit more about who Jesus is and what he's done. And I'm going to end with a verse from a letter in the Bible that Peter wrote. Jesus died once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Wow. Let me pray. Dear Father God, help us always to remember who Jesus is. Amen. Thank you so much, Helen.